Welcome back. Welcome back, beautiful people. This is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Tell me who Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me today on episode five. Episode five, wow. I remember when I started this. I actually had this idea like about a year ago. Um, I think like 2019. I just looked at my notes the other day and I noticed that I had a podcast folder from like 2019. So it's crazy how we have these hunches or these insights or moments of inspiration into something and sometimes they're not fulfilled until we're actually ready for them so yeah thank you thank you so much for being here thank you so much for uh joining me and being a part of this journey being a part of just thank you thank you so much for being here thank you for taking the time out to join me today in this discussion and what we'll be unpacking today i'm so excited um this is a beautiful conversation that i've been having with myself and a couple of close friends of mine. And I'm so excited to kind of dive into it today with you guys. So with all the things going on in our world, in our lives, oh, all right, so I'm recording this in the past. So I have to be mindful of that. The people that will be listening to it are going to be in the future. So right now I'm recording this in October 2020. And we are five years into 2020 right now. We're in October. <laughs> We're in October and already the fucking last week of October, which I'm still recovering from July. But if you if you're if you're listening to this, you know what happened during 2020. And you know what happened um, in October, we have two old as old as presidents that I'm not too fond of. But um, and we have COVID and we have all these things happening. But all that being said is that in this time, we're being called to kind of look at ourselves a bit deeper. Um, we don't have work to distract us like we used to. Some people are still working from home. Uh, some people have taken the time to invest in themselves and said, well, you know, fuck this job, fuck this career. If my livelihood is dependent upon somebody else, then shit, why don't I make that person me, you know? So I feel like some people have gotten that calling and have taken this time to invest in themselves, that to start that business, to start sharing that content or put out that project or whatever it is. So it's been great, you know, because it's been having us look at ourselves more and seeing what could we be doing with our time and how have we been spending our time? And part of that is if we're not at, if we're not at work eight hours of the day, we're at home 
and some of us are in relationships and some of us live with our partners or are with our parents and some of us are going through a series of triggers we're seeing a lot of things come up we're seeing a lot of shadows come up we're being confronted with a lot of things both emotionally psychologically and spiritually and a lot of us are showing up a lot of us are doing the work but i really wanted to to talk about that to talk about our relationships and how how there are certain things that color our perception and that lead us into certain relationships that from a from a more conscious level we're like this isn't the kind of relationship that i want this isn't what i want to align with or welcome into my life anymore but somehow we keep generating these experiences somehow we keep generating these partners somehow something keeps attracting these partners these relationships these moments where we're heavily triggered and we're in a space where we don't feel happy we don't know where we are we're we're not excited about life you know we're not we're not joyful about life excitement and joy and happiness feel i feel like guests they feel like guests in our home and all these other feelings and all these other emotions feel like permanent residence and a lot of that a lot of that pain is rooted in our relationships so i wanted to really explore and unpack with you guys the things that lead us into certain relationships what attracts certain partners why if we've set the intention to attract a new relationship how do we still end up attracting something similar to what we just came from so i'm big i'm big on inner child work i think the inner child work really frees us from a lot of cages you know cages that we find ourselves in because in the inner child work we're working with the root of our problems the root of our beliefs right we're no longer cutting off the branches of the tree and the tree still stands and we're like, damn, like, why, is this, why isn't this tree going anywhere? Like, what the fuck? Now we're going to the root of this tree, of this issue, and we're working with that. I really, I really recommend to look into um, Carl Jung's work, The Holistic Psychologist. Um, I think she just released a book, or she's about to release a book. Miriam Hasna. There's so many, there's so many teachers here that emphasize the importance of working with the inner child working with these traumatic experiences that some of us may have never re recovered from some of us are still processing those experiences and we haven't fully let them go we haven't fully freed us from the story that we told ourselves about what was happening we had experiences growing up and every experience we had we interpreted the way that we knew how but seeing as the child we only have a very limited intellectual capacity have a very limited scope of seeing because much of the bigger world we can't understand right now so we can only interpret the way we know how which is probably as little as possible so most often everything that we experience we misinterpreted so we made every experience about ourselves. We said, oh, this is because of me. Oh, I'm getting a whooping. It's because I'm a bad kid. Oh, my dad is telling me this. It's 
probably because I'm a bad kid. So everything was internalized. So we have to see and ask ourselves, what happened after we misinterpreted these experiences, but never went back and gave these experiences a, 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 a clear understanding? Because again, if we're misinterpreting, that means we're not understanding what's actually happening. We're just assuming things, we're making it about ourselves, and we're creating a whole story about it. And we start to believe our own story about it. So the fact that we often don't go back into the experiences and talk to the child within ourselves and say, oh, that's not really what happened. This is actually what happened. You know, because we can look back into those experiences. Now, if my mom beat me or my dad beat me, I can look back in that experience and be like, well, actually, it wasn't really about me. Mom was actually kind of angry. And this is the only way to kind of let out her anger or she didn't really have control in her world, but her children were her only space to exercise control. So anytime she had the opportunity, she would use it. Not from a very evil way, but it's just like, it's just kind of a, a human flaw. For me at this age, that's clear as day. But for me at 10, 12, that makes no fucking sense. So I have a responsibility to myself, to my inner child, to go back into these experiences and say, hey, um, I know you're replaying this experience over and over and over again, but look, this is what actually happened. This is what actually happened. And bringing that awareness to that part of myself. So in a way, I I am a time traveler in a way, right? I'm, I'm traveling back in time to the parts of me that were wounded, were abandoned, and letting it know that this isn't what's taking place this is what's happening and now when i bring it that awareness it actually frees it it actually liberates it from repeating this over and over and over again so that's what our triggers are our triggers are that part of ourselves thinking that oh shit, i'm in that experience again i'm in that experience to where i was bullied at school it's happening now in my relationship and it replays that, but what's happening is the emotions that we're feeling are from the past, but they're amplified in the present because now they've never been understood. They've never been resolved. So now they carry a lot more weight, but we're feeling the, the fear of the child experience, um, the anxiety um, he or she experienced, all of it. We're experiencing all in one, one flash of a moment and we call it a trigger. So we can see our triggers as agreements that we as a child said, well, I have no fucking understanding about what's happening here. And I know a version of me 10, 15 years from now will have that understanding because I'll be wise, I'll be older, I'll have experience and I'll be able to really, really decode what's happening here from a clear, clear view. So what happens is we take that experience, we take that feeling and we store it. We may, we may cry, we may, you know, cause a tantrum, whatever it is, but the understanding of it, we're like, yo, I'm never going to understand this. So I'm going to go through these emotions, but I'm going to store it. So when, so when I get older and these feelings come back up again, I'm going to finally make the time to understand what actually happened to me. 
So when we get triggered, that's that's like a call. That's like an invite from that version of ourselves saying, hey, you remember we kind of like stored this? Can we have, can we bring understanding to it now so that I can be free? And oftentimes we look at the trigger and we 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 experience what's happening, but we tuck it away again. We suppress it. We say, no, 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 I, I didn't experience that. You know what I'm saying? Like, or we bypass it. We do whatever we can not to feel it again. But what's happening is the child is being rejected every time, every time, every time, every time. Its pain is being rejected every time. And the more we do that, the stronger, the stronger the triggers get, the louder the triggers get. Because at a certain point, if I have an agreement with you and we agree to do something, I come by your house and I say, hey, you know, can can we go now? And you turn me down the first two times. By the fifth time, I'm kind of like, hey, can we kind of go now? You know, I have some, um, I have I have a sense of urgency in my voice now. And you keep turning me down. By the 10th time or the 15th, if I even get to that point, I'm going to be banging on your door. I'm going to probably kick the door down, most likely, and say, hey, we're fucking going. So we don't have to get to that point. We can just look at what's happening, look at what we're feeling, look at our triggers and say, okay, can I go into this fully? Can I dive into this fully and make sure I understand this? Not just for me, but the part of me that's still stuck in that experience. So what this brings me to, right, having this understanding of this part of ourselves kind of stuck in these experiences and replaying them out through our adult adult years is that the reason a child replays the experience is so it can understand it. But we can also see that if it's replaying the experiences it had, how can it replay the experiences? So it has to generate the same energy from those experiences so we can replay it again in order to understand it. So what that looks like is the child generates our mom and our dad in a new form to understand what the fuck happened, right? I mean, that's the only way it can understand it. One way is to be in the experience with the parents, but every child has to grow up. Every child has to move out the house. They have to go into the world, even if it's school, whatever it is. So on a subconscious level, it's making sure to generate the energy of mom and dad everywhere it goes because it's always looking for that opportunity to understand what actually happened to it and giving us that opportunity to actually understand it ourselves. But what that looks like is this generative power of the child, which is powerful as shit because we know how powerful the imagination of the child is, but this generative power for it to recreate experiences, we know them very fucking well. A lot of us go through these spaces to where we're triggered, we're, we're going through these very painful experiences that we can always look back and say, damn, this kind of reminds me of like what I experienced when I was growing up, you know, from the, the verbal abuse to the physical abuse to um, things we experienced in school, if it's bullying or um, being outcasted, we can find these similarities within our life or our teenage years or, you know, probably in our career or in the workspace. So I mean, it's so interesting. It's like, damn, how the fuck is is it is it doing that? How how do these things keep playing back out? 
So we can see that it's only playing back out because we've never understood it. We've never given these experiences our full attention. We've never dived into them completely to understand them and only understanding it can move it, can transmute it into love, into something else that isn't fear and anxiety and, and stress and all those other emotions, right? Only when we understand it is when it can move into a new space. So what this looks like in our relationships is that we're generating our mother and father in order to understand what our mother and father went through to say the things they said to us, to do the things they did to us. So I remember talking to my brother, um, his girlfriend, his wife, and I was looking at her mannerisms, the way she moved, the softness in her voice, the way she carried herself. And I was like, damn, she kind of reminds me of mom. And I just remember after that, I just remember constantly talking to people that would talk about experiences they're going through with their partners, but how alike they were to what they experienced with their father or their mother. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then I remembered this, um, this quote that talks that says that every man will marry his mother. I think it's something like that. And I was like, why do people say that? I realized that it's because my child, this, this child within me is recreating my mother in order to understand her. So if you can't understand her now, it's like, well, I'll have a partner that mirrors who my mom is. So through her, I'll understand my mom. So I'm like, what the hell? So I kept seeing this happen. I kept seeing it in my relationships too. I was like, okay, if this is true, then where are the similarities between my mom and my previous partners? And every time I would look, I would find them. I'd be like, oh, wow, she did this. Wow, this reminds me of the experience that I went through with my mom. Uh, this thing that I don't like about her is the same thing that I don't like in my mom. These parts of her that I really love are the same parts that I cherish and love about my mom. I was like, damn, what the hell? I did recreate my mom again in a new form. So what's happening is that we're recreating our parents, looking to understand them through our partners. But we don't have to recreate our parents. We can just work with our parents. We can work with those experiences. And then that way, we don't have to replay the trauma, the experiences, the painful, the suffering we experienced as a child through our relationships as adults. We don't have to do that anymore because as we know how painful that can be, you know there's more to these relationships, you know there's more possible, but there's something that's blocking that experience, blocking that experience with your partner currently or blocking that experience from new partners to come in. You know, this, what they call like the rag doll is to where you have the same energy, just in a new face, same same experiences, but you know they have new clothes this time. They 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 took on a new face and a new name, and it's like, damn, I'm tired of replaying these things. When can I welcome in that love that I know I want and I truly desire? What I'm sharing is that we can, but we have to see that the reason we keep going back into the same experiences and having the same partners with new faces is because we haven't taken the time to work with what they're directing us to look at. These partners, these experiences are directing us to look at our parents, to look at the relationships we have with our fathers, to look at the relationship we have with our mothers. 
even from the level of a, a coach, you can look at your coach. Your coach is like a, a second father for some men. They can look at their coach and be like, damn, yo, my coach kind of does resemble my father. Or some assume that person as their father figure. But it's because the child is still looking for dad everywhere it goes. From coaches to teachers to professors to in, in any form it can find it, it will recreate and generate the same energy again. Sometimes it may not be the same. Sometimes it's you'll receive the complete contrast just so you can bring that awareness to the child and say, well, this is what it could have been. This is what true love is. This is what a father really looks like. So it's still the same, same goal. The same goal is to bring understanding to it. Knowing that we don't have to, we don't have to generate these partners anymore. We can just work with our parents. So I had to also see that if I had that capability to generate my mom in a new, generate my father in a new form, then how do my parents impact me? Because I was like, well, this is kind of like the inner child. This is his experience and he's doing his best to understand it. But I realized how close that energy is to me. But I also wondered how did my parents kind of like move through me in a way because I had I had a close friend of mine you know I had a conversation with him and he was telling me that um, he didn't live with his father he wasn't close to his father when they were growing up and um, he recently got close with him and in that moment with being together and them kind of hanging out a little bit more he saw himself in his father and he was like what what the fuck how is this happening I've never been around this man but somehow we're kind of the same person. So that brought me to also realizing there's this double component. So there's the inner child regenerating its experience, but then there's this like, there's my father that lives in me and there's my mother that lives in me. Just like the ancestors are working through us, you know, reaching certain goals, um, breaking certain patterns, etc. My parents are also my ancestors. They will be one day. So that means they are now. So if my ancestors are active and alive in me now, then how are my parents alive and active in me now? If we look at how we think, how we operate, the things that we're motivated to do, the things that we're working on, um, our weaknesses, our strengths, we can also look at our parents and say like, dang, like mom struggles with that. Dad struggles with that. Mm, that's interesting. How is that so? So am I a am I a byproduct or a a merging right a merging of two minds? So we can look at the the word parent and it means pair. I mean it begins with pair. So it's like there's two, and then you got ent parent. It's closely connected to the word mental, and then you got pair at the beginning. So for me, I was like, is it a pair of minds that I was born from? If these two minds came together to, to create mine. So that means these two minds are still influencing mine. But they're a part of mine, both the weaknesses and their strengths. So I was like, well, if my father can also influence me now, then in a way he can replay his own experiences through me. 
And one of them I had to look at and say, well, can my dad regenerate my mom in order to fall in love with her again, but through me? Just like the child is already, so we already got the child here regenerating mom to have that experience and understand her. And then we got this masculine presence that's, of course, me, but is influencing me in ways that I need to be aware of. But most often, I'm, I, well, I'll say now I was completely unconscious of that my dad is influencing me both in my gifts, in my weaknesses, in my strengths. Hey, go here, do that, um, perfect this, right? There's that. But there's this other side of it to where if my dad is moving through me, then I shouldn't be surprised if in my partners, he's his influence is also present. So my father can also move through me and look to generate my mom again, just to go through the experience of falling in love with her again, but through me as me. And in, in that relationship, he experiences the same dynamic he has with her. He experiences the same love he has with her. If it's And if it's a love full of resentment, disappointment, anger, frustration, then I have to, I, I'm going through that experience, right? And I'm putting myself through that experience. But if it's a love full of all the beauty, whatever it is, it's for me, it's not okay. It's like, I want to, I have my own individual will and I have my own individual partner that has a completely different energy and makeup than my mom. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm looking to call in my partner, my life partner, not my mom. So I had to look at that. and was like, how do I put a stop to this? Because I have the child regenerating my mom and then I have my father trying to regenerate my mom again. So I'm working against these two forces, but it's all happening unconsciously. It's all happening in the subconscious mind. So we can look at our partners and the relationships we've been in and see this regeneration happening and say, damn, how does my partner mirror my father? How does my partner mirror my mother? And how do I mirror my mom? How do I mirror my father, both in my weaknesses and strengths? So can I work with that? Can I use that to perfect myself? Because now we can, we're working with what's, what we're given and seeing that our trauma is not, is not a burden. The, the trauma that we have to heal is not a burden. It's when you're a painter, when you're a sculptor, you don't just jump to the finishing piece. You have to work with you've been given, with what you've been given. So like the reds and the blues and turn that into a masterpiece. You can't just generate the masterpiece. You have to work with the basics. You have to work with the fundamentals. So the clay, you, you take the clay, this ball of clay and that person turns it into a whole statue, but they have to work with the ball of clay. So it's the same with us that these traumas, these these experiences that we've been put through, um, the things that we don't like to look at, the feelings that we've suppressed, all of it is our, our building blocks. These are our building blocks for a new reality, a new world, a new generation of whatever your bloodline is, a new generation of that, divorced from what y'all have known in your family before. Because if you look at these dynamics in your relationship, you can see them in your mom and dad, 
but you can also ask your mom and dad and they'll probably tell you the same thing was happening with grandma and grandpa and then them before. So it's like, whoa, everyone is kind of generating these, gener regenerating these experiences, but nobody is addressing what's happening. It's like, whoa, like, mom, were you in love? Um, I mean, what is love really? Nah, nah, fuck that. I'm not trying to have that reality. I'm not trying to have that reality. So we have to put a check to these because I think for us, we're a part of a, a new wave. Uh, we're welcoming in a new world. And part of that new world is a, a form of love that our parents were deprived of. A liberty, a, a degree of sovereignty that our parents were deprived of, right? In terms of the external world, a lot of us are not depending on the governments and uh, the, the institutions, the, the jobs. We're like working for ourselves, right? Like you see all of the younger kids, a lot of the younger kids are making hundreds of thousands of dollars from the internet. So they're already in a space of being free and not having to worry about the nine to five. So it's like the new generation somehow is being freed from what the old generation could never, could never kind of uh, address or master. But in, in a way, when it comes to love, when it comes out of relationships, when it comes to these relationships, we are also being asked to generate a new experience, to bring new love, to bring true love into our lineage. Because what our parents have known has always been, um, especially from, I know from my mom, is this tyrant king energy. There's this narcissist energy. There's this, the father is the head of the household, right? There's this gender role thing that we have to follow. And I know from my friends and the people I've spoken to is that they're free from a lot of those things. They're free from a lot of those ideas, especially in their dy dynamics and their relationship. They're like, nah, you know, sh um, I have no problem with my wife making more than me or, you know, whatever it is. I have no, I'm a cook. I'm the cook in the, in the house. I love to cook in the house. So there's this new fragrance of love that's being this being born into us and into our lineages. I think that's part of the work that we all showed up to, to do here is to bring something new, to bring something more true. And we have to see, we have to look at the old first. We have to look at the past first and realize that the past only exists to be understood. And that before it can release us into the future, it has to show us how not to recreate it. So we're going to keep regenerating the past. We're going to keep regenerating our partners, our past partners, our past experiences, until we finally understood them. Because until then, our past will morph and shapeshift and take on the face of the present moment. But it's not the present moment. It's still the past taking on a new form and our body will tell us that. It's like, oof, the anxiety, the triggers. The, oof, oof. So the past is confirmed by the body because it's like, nah, this is what I experienced, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm experiencing that again from PTSD to people that's been in war and they hear a loud bang. So for them, the mind is still in the past. It's still at war and the body confirms and echoes this. Taking that, in, taking that awareness into our relationships and saying, well, how much of this is actually generated from the past? And can I just go back into the past and start to work with that, start to resolve that for once? All these feelings that I've 
tucked under the rug can't be tucked under the rug anymore and well do i really want to tuck these things under the rug or do i want to face them and confront them because i have to ask myself well what's important here and what am i about am i about truth or am i about being comfortable and safe am i about being stepping into being the chosen one of many in my lineage stepping into what that really looks like or am i going to pass that on to my children instead i'm like nah you know what um how my daughter is going to do it for me and then same thing again and again and again so we we have to again prioritize truth what's important here and seeing that if we keep generating the same partners we keep generating these same experiences like YouTube, YouTube only shows you what you're interested in. It only shows you videos based on your interest and your theme. So if you go on my YouTube, I have a bunch of graphic design videos, meditations, some of my favorite philosophers, because it's like, these are my themes. And YouTube is like, oh, well, I guess he likes this shit. So let me keep showing him more of this. But if I'm like, nah, yo, I want to see the, I want to see the MMA boxing. I want to see some some training videos. I want to see some workout videos, but I'm not watching any workout videos. YouTube is going to, it's it's like, no, but you're interested in this. You're interested in this. And we're only going to show you what you're interested in. So the universe is the same way. We're only being shown experiences. We're only being given experiences. Even that we're not, so we're not even, we're not being given experiences all experiences are self-attracted. We're attracting these experiences based on what we're constantly telling the universe. We're constantly telling ourselves, well, this is what I'm interested in. This is the theme that I'm interested in. Keep showing me this. Keep giving me this. Until we change the theme of what we're interested in, until we change our interest completely, not just saying it, not just talking about it, but actually doing it from watching new videos every day until our, until, until YouTube starts to show us new videos, right? If I want my recommended videos on YouTube to go from meditation and breath work to cooking for vegans, if I want more vegan recipe videos, then it's not just me setting that intention or watching a how-to video on how to cook this recipe once a week. That's not going to change what YouTube recommends to me. They're like, yeah, this is maybe something that is just exploring for right now. But I have to watch that continuously. As much as I watch the meditations and the breathworks, I have to watch it like every day just to match that same attention that I give to those other videos. And after five days of watching it, a week or so, YouTube starts to throw that in there. If I wanted to take over the meditation and the breathwork videos, I have to watch this like every fucking day. And until the point, until the point where YouTube gets to, oh, you really love this shit. Oh, this is what you want to see. Cool. And then it rewrites its algorithm. It rewrites everything and starts to recommend me these instead. So we can't just set the intention. We can't just talk about it. We can't just, hey, this is what I want. We have to keep, keep doing it. We have to keep doing it because what we're doing has to be as loud 
as what we came from before because it's going to keep echoing it's going to keep saying well you like this don't you you've been interested in it for a long time you know you used to do this so we have to match that with the same intensity by constantly showing up for us by constantly showing up for ourselves by responding differently responding differently and differently and differently until our reality confirms uh, what we're, we've established, what we're looking to establish within ourselves. Because we'll be in it, we'll be saying like, oh, great, you know, I, I want this, I want this, I want this. But if we're not stepping into it, we're not walking it, we're not embodying it, we can't be surprised if the old shows up again. So inviting that awareness into our relationships, into our dynamics, into our relationship with our parents and really looking at these things and saying like, what happened? Why did that happen? And how is it happening now? And how as me, the wise being that I am now, bring awareness to these experiences and really liberate myself from them for once once and for all, liberate myself from these experiences once and for all. So that I can finally, finally call in something new, something fresh, something so true, true to who I am, true to what I want to see in myself and what I want to see in the world and reflect it outside of me. So yeah, inviting you into that awareness to just look at these things. And um, if it serves as a confirmation for things you're already diving into with yourself, um, the relationship you're cultivating with your parents, um, the questions you're asking about, you know, the partners and experiences you have. I'm so glad, so glad that you are. I mean, it is it is a fucking journey and it's not easy because we'll see both the good stuff and the bad stuff, you know, but always, always have the courage to ask why. Ask yourself why. Go behind the motivation and ask the motivation why. Ask the action why. Why did I do this? Why? Just keep asking why. And why brings far greater insight than anything else. Because if you ask what, how, when, you can get a dead response. You know, if I if somebody asks me like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, recording a podcast. Hey, when are you recording a podcast? Um, 9.30. Uh, how are you recording a podcast? On my computer. You see how these responses are still responses, but they're dead. They don't, they don't call me to actually pull in insight. But if somebody asks me, why am I recording this podcast? Now that asked me to bring in a different level of awareness and insight. It actually, actually demands that I pause for a moment, really think about it, and then give you a real answer. So when we ask ourselves, what happened? When did that happen? How did this happen? We can still, we can still kind of hide from ourselves. But when we ask ourselves, why did this happen? And keep asking why. That why, that response will give us both when, how, what, will give us a far greater insight into these experiences and our own actions and um, our own beliefs about ourselves. So just offering that um, into these spaces, into your own healing practices and really, really happy, happy, happy to know that each of you are going into this, are, are, establishing these relationships with yourself and exploring all these spaces that are very can be very dark can be 
um, tough to look at, you know, but I'm happy. I'm happy that you're doing it. I'm so grateful to have you here, to have you here on earth at this time in these prophetic times where there's so much happening, but everything is telling us again to not look at ourselves, to not go within, to focus on the external world from everything. Everything is drawing our attention to look at the external world, to distract us, but to know that you are there taking that journey within and exploring yourself and looking to see what you've refused to see before. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and I'm so glad you're here. I want to give a big thank you to all my friends, all my beautiful friends that are encouraging me to be who I am, to continue to do what I do. I really appreciate you and just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, and thank you all for, for joining me today. Thank you for being present. And this is a long, this is probably my, yeah, this is my longest one. It's my longest episode. So, um, and you guys know why, but thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for being here and thank you for being here for you. Thank you for showing up for you. And I appreciate you so much. And I love you so much. May the Lotus in you continue to forever bloom. And I'll see you in the next one.